O God, who instructs the hearts of your faithful by the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to be truly wise and live as your people. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once upon a time, there were three news stations, NBC, CBS, and ABC. If people wanted to know the news, then the TV was tuned to one of these three stations at a particular hour, 6 p.m. or 11 p.m. At that moment, and that moment alone, you could sit at the living room sofa and be ready to receive the most important news from around the world, perhaps sipping on a Sanka and eating a slice of cake by Sarah Lee. Well, it's not like that anymore. News is available 24-7, and if you miss it, you can just scroll back and get it again. You do not need to sit down and be in a mental framework for the news. It pops up at random times and in random spaces, even while pumping gasoline. Last week, I was scrolling through one of my news feeds, and I caught the report by Eric Mose, the chair of the Independent International Commission of Inquiry on Ukraine. Along with so many others, we learned in horror of the atrocities that the Russian military has perpetuated and continues to perpetuate during the war in the Ukraine. We learned that there were more mass graves filled with civilians of sexual and gender-based violence against victims across the lifespan and the wanton disregard for the lives and well-being of others. War crimes are catastrophic, and I will not go into further detail out of care for those among us who could be triggered. Truly, war is a terrible thing. It is so terrible that both my parents who served in the military became pacifists after their service. The toll war takes on the body and on the human psyche is enormous. But despite its massive cost and lost human potential, increased war injuries and illnesses, destruction of infrastructure, environmental damage, familiar strain and loss, wars continue. For divisions and strife has been with us before the beginning of time, and it creates a longing for a new place, a longing for a place like heaven. Now, I don't know what comes to mind first when we consider heaven. Is it those fat, cherubic angels sitting on clouds playing their harps? Or maybe it's streets of gold where our mansions are located. I imagine a place where there are no more tears, no more sadness, where love is so pervasive it is felt to the bone, where the light of God shines unhampered, where we worship God together continually. That's part of my vision of heaven taken from scriptures. But that is not what our passage today in Revelation reveals. Heavenly tranquility is shattered as war breaks out even there. This vision of the dragon, serpent, Satan beginning a war is not what I would imagine heaven could contain. But heaven does not contain it for long. For the dragon's doom is certain because the archangel Michael and his angels are fighting against him. 
Michael the Archangel is the warrior angel designated to protect what is good and to deliver God's people. Michael is first mentioned when he comes to the assistance of Daniel in the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel was mourning and partially fasting for 21 days over a recent vision of a great conflict. Although God heard Daniel immediately, the answer to his prayer was delayed by spiritual forces until Michael, the archangel, stepped in to fight and to get the answer through. Michael continues to fight for God's people two chapters later. There he is pictured as the leader who steps forward to lead the fight and protect the people of God. Whenever the angel Michael appears, there is a battle occurring, and there is also a fight he will not leave until victory comes. The dragon and his companions are hurled down to earth, bringing every kind of evil with them. They cannot stay in the presence of God. While tranquility is restored in heaven, this struggle with the adversary is now part of our struggle. We don't need our imagination to recognize evil in the world. We have moved from a time when only front doors were locked when we went out of town to deadbolts and security cameras. Principalities, powers, systems, and ways of thinking that rob people of dignity and hope oppress us. Structures that keep people poor, hungry, ill, and destitute abound. Patterns of thinking that encourage young men to take dangerous short-term risks because they believe there is no future for them with waiting for continue. Evil has become so embedded that lying to people seeking asylum and transporting them thousands of miles on our tax dollar has actually occurred in our country. There is much evil in the world, but we are not alone in our desire to change what we see. We are committed to remaining beacons of light, first in Indianapolis, then Indiana, then USA, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. And we know the work is much, much too big for us to do it on our own or by our own power. But we also know that evil does not have the last word. Evil is always trampled, and it never triumphs in the end. Thanks be to God, for God is aware of the cries of those who suffer and of those who pray. And there are angels that surround us that we can't see to help us share the love of God and to act in ways that bring the kingdom of God into the lives of those we interact with. When Jacob was in the desert, he was not alone. Angels were there for him, and they are there for us as well. Jesus promised that the heavens are open and that we would see greater works that reveal who Jesus is, not to us alone, but to the world. Angels may not show up always in dramatic ways as the Archangel Michael does, but they are still here. They are messengers that remind us that God is with us and that God never, ever, ever leaves us. So we can move forward in hope and in confidence, for in quiet and unseen ways, angels are still here to assist us in the work that God has called us to do. Thanks be to God.